This week's show is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts, helping podcasters get their shows off the ground, up and running, and sounding great. Professional podcast production at extremely affordable rates. Do yourself a favor if you're thinking about doing a podcast, but you don't really have a whole lot of time to manage the editing, the posting of the show, and making it sound as good as possible. Uh, go to prettyeasypodcast.com because they'll help you do it at a great rate, and it doesn't matter what your show's about. It could be a sports show, a food show, business. It could be a show about extremely rare birds. Doesn't matter. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com, and they'll help you get your show off the ground, up and running, and sounding great today. Whatever your passion is, Pretty Easy Podcast is ready to help you enjoy it even more. Everybody has a podcast these days, right? Get in on the fun and go to Pretty Easy Podcast dot com today or just email them to get started at pretty easy podcasts at gmail.com pretty easy podcast making podcasting uh well pretty easy this is the future this is not the past the new xfl will kick off in 2020 what the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL. Welcome, football fans. This is the week of April 14th, 2019. This is the road to 2020, and this is... The XFL Show. I'm Alan. I'm Jake. And I'm Bryant. This week, the Spring League wrapped up, and another major mile marker on the road to 2020 has come and gone. This is episode 64, Pistols Up. It's time for an XFL shootout. And oh my, are you still buzzing from last week, Bryant? Our conversation with Doug Whaley and Justin King of XFL Football Operations. And when they, on this show, told the world about the XFL's idea for overtime being a pew-pew shootout, 44 (laughs) men on the field at one time, not all in action at the same time. Let's clarify that. Yeah, yeah, they're not, and they're not all at the same side of the end zone as well, too, right? They're not all 44 competing (laughs) for the same amount of space. Uh, It was, yeah. Buzzin, I've listened as many times as I can to that show to, to try to dissect and give as much insight as possible. That that was an incredible show, incredible interview. Thank you again to uh, Doug Whaley and Justin King uh, for coming on and, and basically answering questions that a lot of people have been asking. Jake, yourself as well, have been asking those same questions yeah. for a long time. Yeah, and Jake, uh, you, you weren't here last week, but you listened to it back. We're going to get your reactions on the show today, but the reaction from... All the listeners, all you football freaks, was uh, was great, almost overwhelming. The 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 excitement, some people really scratching their head and asking a million questions about some of these new rules that, that came out this week. It was a a very active week, and one thing I could tell you about last week's show and just the whole the whole week uh, that that was uh, if if there if you didn't believe there's hype for the XFL before, you have to now because the AAF has come and gone, and and you know. Alternative football leagues, if you will, have been on the mind and talked about in mainstream media. And the XFL did a good job of kind of coming out. And, you know, with that happening with the other league, they had to step up and and go make some rounds with the media and, and you know, leak some new information and 
and announced some things, and they did a good job this week. And I think uh, it was a really good milestone on the road to 2020 this week overall. Yeah, we called it. I think I think it was either you or I, Alan, that said that this was a pivotal moment in the in the success of the XFL this week, the Spring League. Uh, I don't think it was predicted that the AAF would fold the exact same week that the Spring League was going to play their games. Um, but the XFL handled this mightily. They, 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 like you said, they leaked some information. It, they made it a a good week for the XFL for spring football in general on what could have been just a very somber uh, time for for spring football. Yeah, and it was a, it was a pivotal week for you know the technical portion and, and the football operations portion of the XFL. But then it did become an important PR week for the league. And and you know Oliver Luck did a very big interview uh, with Mike Florio on Pro Football Talk PM earlier in the week. And I mean. It, just to show you how how the XFL is now going to have more eyeballs on it than it ever has. We're at, at that moment in the, the road to 2020 where it, it's, business is picking up. He did that interview on Monday with Florio, and pretty much every news outlet covered the interview because Oliver Luck gave a lot of information people didn't know before out in that interview, and there, people have been buzzing about it since uh, some of the stuff he talked about we already knew, but maybe people who aren't following the league as closely knew about. So a lot of reaction to things that we've known about, like the double forward pass, which, Bryant, we did a <laughs> special Patreon uh, bonus kind of conversation that we put up Friday night uh, about all that, that that people could go check out if you're a patron. Um, but, you know... The, Oliver Luck's interview was so buzzworthy that pretty much every news outlet covered it in some way. Yeah, it was out there. You know, it was it was it was a more candid interview, right? That I think you you've said that it's it's just Oliver Luck out there being asked a lot of questions. A lot of these rules are now are, are showing their face with the Spring League, um, you know, having their games. And Oliver Luck, you know, as gracefully as he always does, makes it you know about the XFL and how they're moving forward, how they're making this a good thing. And yeah, it was covered by multiple news outlets. Uh, Sports Illustrated did a did a piece on the uh, multiple forward passes, uh, and we had a discussion. Maybe not so much about the rule, but maybe about how people are interpreting the rule and how it actually is going to happen. But uh, that's over on our Patreon. But yes, multiple uh, news outlets and sources were all talking and buzzing about the XFL, and that's what you want. I mean, you, you look at a year ago, this time a year ago, uh, crickets. Now uh, the XFL is in, in full swing. Absolutely. And and in a week where, you know, maybe you thought it might be isolated, all the action down to Round Rock and Austin, Texas with the Spring League. Uh, it was a national deal for some of the stories that came out about the XFL this week. We're going to cover uh, what Oliver Luck said in that interview today. We're going to cover what we learned about last week on this show from Doug Whaley and Justin King. And we are going to talk about some rumors that are coming out this week about TV deals and coaches that are going to be announced next week. Exciting, exciting time. Uh, we did mention the Patreon. We put up some special bonus conversations, not to mention our non-XFL, all the other football show. This is not the XFL show. And uh, shout out to all of our patrons on there, Cameron and Lorenz and Mike and Phil and Russ, Scott, all of you, everybody who gives to the Patreon. Thank you for uh, you know contributing and, and allowing us to do even more content because we, we could do a whole lot more. And with Doug Whaley saying they might need an XFL show, we, we need to we need to step our game up, Jake. Yeah, I mean, and that's what we're going to try to do today. You know, we want to discuss, 
in depth, you know, at least more in depth what we were, uh, you know, what we were told last week about overtime running clock and, uh, you know, what else there is. Also want to talk about, you know, a little bit of the spring league. And I know you were telling me earlier in the week, you think we're going to get, or it's confirmed that we are going to get another head coaching announcement. Absolutely. Yes, we are. What's going on, football fans? This is Bryant, and we just want to let you know, with the XFL returning in 2020, This Is The XFL Show is here to guide you every step of the way. Sign up right now to receive the latest news, exclusive content, discounts on merchandise, and all the football coverage you can handle on This Is The XFL Show's newsletter. Yes, go to our website, thisistheXFLshow.com, check it out, sign up, and you can even win a free t-shirt. Check it out right now. Don't miss a thing from This Is The XFL Show. With that, let's take it to this week's cover two. Going for two. Go for two and the lead. Bryant, Titan Sensor. Explain to me what Titan Sensor is. Uh, I. <laughs> what is Titan Sensor? It looks to be to be a a digitized some sort of uh, gps tracking some kind of gps deal right basically it digitizes how players operate or function or show on the field do they how fast they run how much ground they've covered their max speed uh their max velocity uh jake if you're a physics guy you gotta tell me what the difference is between those two things but uh yes it is insane there's a tweet out i believe we retweeted it if not we will um from from this and it, it, it looks insane jake have you taken a look at this uh just what i'm seeing on the rundown here i mean is this like <laughs> one of those things you implant in your dog in case it gets lost or or, or, or is this something you just wear how would well, we actually get in here th- that this is what we talked about last week with doug whaley and justin king so there is going to be new technology introduced uh to football fans and football teams that it's going to track it's going to track players and how much data we're going to get from that and who gets the data, that is uh, exactly what the XFL is figuring out right now, what they can do with it. Because as Doug Whaley mentioned on the show last week, there's a, there are those blurred lines, you, those lines you can't cross. Who gets to see what data? How far can the league go with the data? Because uh, then you get personal, you get invasive. Privacy is an issue here. Uh, waivers would have to be signed for sure, especially when you're talking about technology like this. So Titan Sensor. If you saw the XFL's tweet, they tweeted out this interface, and it looks like kind of, uh, you know, on one, on one side you see the real-time football, and on the other side you see just like, kind of like what the AAF's website had, right? It was just kind of like cartoony-looking foot, uh, football field with little players on it and and numbers above their above each one of them, and they would move. So that's that's what this interface looks like. And Titan Sensor, I guess, is the company that would be working with the XFL that that gives them this technology that 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 runs it. And it's it, according to their website, 150 plus metrics get tracked by their technology, including but not limited to distance and speed traveled by players, uh, session active active time. Top speed, GPS speed zones, GPS speed load, sprint count, G-force load, whatever that is. I'm not a science guy. Explosive efforts, not a physics guy, but this all sounds great. Impacts, work rate indicators, fatigue scores, muscle soreness, readiness, and a whole bunch of others. I can't even get, I can't even run through because we don't have enough time. But Titan Sensor 
sounds like they're on the forefront of this kind of technology. This is who the XFL is working with to maybe employ some of it. Uh, who knows how much they can work with, though? Yeah, I mean, that's all well and good. And I think this would be most ben- beneficial uh, to the league and player safety and, and maybe also for adjusting the play clock. But I'm not sure the general public needs to know this or even wants to know this stuff. Oh, I, I want to know it. I want to know I mean, but how – As a gambler. How, how does this As a gambler. Does make watching the game of football uh, any any better as a fan? It's really hard Are you going to be watching, you know, a, a cartoon graphic of these players instead of watching the actual not, football? Not every game, but, you know, maybe one one game a week. You know, Degenerate Allen's going to bet on that game. And if and if you have the, they have real-time Wi-Fi and all this GPS going into their their app or whatever and if you had the say say those lines are crossed and we're able to know a player's conditioning level their fatigue levels in real time and you can make real live bets during the during play i mean you could get so much more advanced with the gambling aspect if this stuff is integrated into it but i highly doubt it ever is because this is extremely uh Personal. This is a privacy and issue. And expensive. I don't, also, well, here, here's the thing: is I don't. Here's the problem with the AAF and their gambling. Alan, did you play their digital game? Their 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 pick a play game at all? Ever? Literally the very first week for maybe ten. No, not even. And it wasn't like even working minutes. that week. So if you no. did, you didn't even get it because it didn't work the first week. No, so maybe yeah. the second week. Either way, when you watch television over broadcast antennas, satellites, cable, internet, whatever it is, there is a delay. There's, this is not going to help you if you're watching things on television because by the time that you get this information, the play's either already done or they're on to the next play on, at the game. So I don't see it as a – I mean, yeah, it's probably going to be marketed as this betting thing or or maybe even go into Charlie Brussel's fantasy football you know, dream. But yeah, really, this, this is, is going to help the coaches. Yeah, this, this is, is useless. This is useless for in the fan in the fans, uh, yeah, and, spectrum, I, and I think really – and, and Jake, you got to take your you got to take a step back and not look at it as a fan, but as a coach to know when your players are maximizing their speeds. At what point in a route do they maximize their velocity? That's going to be key because then you can you can actually work with players and say, okay, you're at this at the 15 yard line. You need to break because that's your your you know, your max velocity. Or hey, make sure you throw him the ball at the at 20, 20 yards down the field because that's when he's going to be ahead of this cornerback who's not as fast as him. Those are going to be key things for coaches, and I think you're right. Fans probably don't really care about this, but I think this is great innovation to help make your game uh, good and crisp. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, it, it, in that vein, it's almost like an RPG. You know, you're you're looking at who's low on hit points or you know health points, and you, you want to bring them out and maybe throw somebody else in that has more mana. Okay, for 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 non for non fantasy <laughs> final fantasy game players, Jay, can you can you please explain to us what all that meant? <laughs> uh, that sounds like another podcast. I I will say, you know, <laughs> I, I like what the NFL does. I like whenever they you know they've been doing that thing the past year where they show the max distance and that a field goal w- would go, or you know they talk about how how long somebody actually ran on a route you know even if it's just a 10 yard gain maybe they ran for 25 yards or something i think that's interesting but but i mean i think we're in agreement here for the the fans do not need to know this and they're, they're not really interested in that i i get that the coaches can see what their teams are doing but i think it is going to be a trade-off on 
you want to invest so much money in this versus something else? Well, yeah, we don't know the cost, so it, who know it might not be that much. It's going to be expensive. It's called I'm the Titan Sensor. It literally looks like it works off GPS. I don't know. I'm not a tech guy, but basically I've learned a little bit about GPS because of this whole GPS reset that, that's going on right now in the real world. But Jake, this thing is the size of like if you were to take a credit card and like fold it hot dog style and then stack like five credit cards high. That's how big this thing is. Hey, um, a hearing aid's not that big, but they cost they cost <laughs> a ton of money too. Yeah, but I mean, two hundred dollars per player or whatever it is. You're right; it's a lot of money overall. But at the end of the at the end of the day, if it's going to help you make your game better, and help, uh, you got to see if it's worth the oh, investment. I would be fine if they just did it for the first season to get you know to uh, to get a lot of data and then incorporate it in season two. This is a, this is expensive to you know normal people, but you know we're talking about a league that's got five hundred million dollars coming into it and maybe more down the road. Uh, I think it's if unless it's you know astronomical, this sounds like a smart investment because think about how many times do you in, in, in watching an NFL game in, in its history, do you think a player has kept themselves in the game trying to be the ultimate warrior out there, not leaving the game and probably you know they when they probably should have you know they're they're huffing they're puffing nope the coach can't tell they these players they they'll hide it they, they some of them play great and they also hide injuries and. and Issues they got going on physically, even better. And with this kind of technology, you know, that uh, unfortunately for the player will take that away from them. But it also will make them safer, give coaches better information, make the game safer overall. And when that happens, I think, Bryant, we can all agree that would make the quality of the XFL better for it all, for, for with it being used. It's the quality well, of the play. And that and that's the important piece, right? It's safety, quality, uh, making sure that you can provide the best you know product possible. And if this is not relatively expensive compared, you know, because context is king. If this is not relatively expensive overall versus the entire, I mean, you got to think how many coaches and people were analyzing this with stopwatches on the sideline, right? If you eliminate those people and you just put a couple sensors in people's pads, then maybe this is worth the investment to at least try to make your league uh, as crisp as possible. You want to invest in personnel. You want to invest in people first. But if you can get your hands on this technology and use it responsibly and use it the right way and effectively, absolutely. It looks cool, but also looks like something that in the 21st century we, we might need in a sport like football. And uh, the XFL uh, getting with Titan Sensor, very interesting. Uh, I don't know. What would you – how far could they go with, with it, do you think, Brian? Because – the lead if it's 110 yards i'm saying with with the coaches (laughs) and the teams having this data how much data could they have can they be trusted because then you know you're you're, you got to worry about breaches because what if what if like a player's fatigue level did get out to the public that and then the player could sue the league you got to worry about that those are issues well, yeah, and, and and maybe it just requires a waiver sign or something like that to 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 eliminate those issues. I'm not a I'm not a lawyer. I don't understand those those legalities. But you're right; it is a a fine line. If you go back and listen to last week's episode, where um 
where they were saying how it is a fine line between what you can and cannot do in terms of technology, and you got to be careful with those things. So yeah. it's, it's definitely something we got to investigate. Yeah, Doug Whaley basically, I, he I said what what we will we'll put it a little bit more bluntly. It sounds like at least for him, uh, this all sounds really awesome, but we don't know how the hell we'll get around the legalities of using this kind of technology or or how you would be because to be the first to employ that would be revolutionary but very difficult at the same time uh, the second part of our cover too whoo, let the rumors begin and brian hates it when a show has to go on and there's not even a rumor about a specific name for one of the head coaches but that's where we're at so who knows maybe by the time you're listening to this football freaks it's been reported about who the head coach of the New York team is going to be head coach, general manager, and who the president's going to be. But as of now, we have no earthly idea in terms of rumors from anybody who's been credible reporting on the previous head coach, general managers. With that said, uh, I'm expecting it to, I'm going to straight up say Jim Hazlitt, because we did hear from uh, Benjamin Albright, our good friend, the football insider that Jim Hazlitt was being considered uh, about a month ago or two or a month and a half ago, Jake. So, uh, you have a name that you're 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 hovering towards that you think it, it might be for the New York coach come Tuesday, uh, April sixteenth at high noon Eastern when they announce this person. No, I, I don't have a specific name for you, but I think since this coach is going to be you know the coach and general manager of a big city, New York City, uh, I think you got to get you know you got to get somebody. Uh, not necessarily big like uh, Coach Stoops, but but somebody you know, somebody uh, with a little celebrity status, you know, somebody that likes the media attention, somebody that likes uh, you know late nights and and uh, big cities, uh, something like that. I mean, you know, we've uh, this is not who it's going to be. It's not going to be Rex Ryan, you know. And we we've <laughs> thrown that name out before, and we all know that there is zero chance that that's who it's going to be. But again, a coach that does not have a ton of success, not in that top echelon, but a guy that would be very well received in that city. So it's going to be, I believe, you know, it would be best to get uh, you know somebody that likes the attention and someone that can put up with the media. We're getting the name at, at noon on Tuesday, April 16th, Bright rooftop of the AC hotel times square. Uh, we've had, Four coaches announced so far, man, that have all had ties to the regions that they're coaching in. Do you see this being a New York guy? Uh, I mean, history would show you that it is going to be a New York guy, whether whether that trend continues. We remember talking um, to to Oliver Luck and maybe even some some interviews that he had about how he is not really focused on having them be tied to the city rather than just a great coach that can actually provide input for this team. Um, I'll give you some names that are out there that are, you know, people have been talking about, maybe we can kind of dissect them. We've done this before in the past, but you're right. It's probably not going to be Rex Ryan. He has some ties to New Jersey. Um, does he have the the capabilities of being a general manager? I think that's where he gets knocked off that list. Um, but uh, what about Greg Schiano? We've heard about him. He, he took some time away from the game supposedly to, to be with family. Um, I hope faith. because I want to see Bill Belichick's reaction or non-reaction. Does he know? Does if if it's Gianno, would Belichick know? You you would feel like he'd have to tell him, "Hey, man, I want to be a head coach. I'm going to the XFL." And Belichick, you know, who's part of the coaching fraternity, I'm sure, would be like, "All right, man, go do your thing." 
Or is he like, or if he didn't tell him that, is he going to just go, is his hood going to catch on fire? I don't think it's going to be Shiano though. I don't think so too, just because of the reasons why he said he left. I feel like you, yeah. would, you would just kind of quiet, you know, you would, you would tight lip it. Sounded like um, some fa- family time was needed for him. So, but we also did say like maybe the workload between, um, between, you know, the XFL coaching and an NFL or even high school coach, I'm mean, sorry, a college coach. It's not as much, it's not as demanding as what an XFL coach needs to do. So maybe this is a better decision and that's what it's it comes to. It's two out. jobs. It's two jobs, your head coach and general manager. Don't forget. Yeah, it is, but I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, we'll, we'll bring up this name for Vince's sake. Uh, Jim Levitt still doesn't have a job, I believe, right? He's still out there looking <laughs> yeah. for something. Um, he was rumored to be the Tampa coach, right, I believe, and that didn't, that didn't come through. Um, we also have what about Eric Mangini. Any thoughts on on him? Oh man, I I Is would hope not. Anywhere right now? I think he's on ESPN as a TV guy, or maybe Fox. I don't know. He's, I mean, he's he's someone who's you know respected, I guess, amongst coaches. But as a head coach, he, he I don't he, did he have like any kind of any modicum of success whatsoever? I would say no. Um, but it is a guy with NFL experience, so that's a positive. I don't think New Yorkers will be happy about that. Don't you want to make New Yorkers happy? It's like the hardest thing in the world to do. But you, you I do, definitely, but yeah, that, that's definitely aren't going to do that with Eric Mangini. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll throw these out there because they are now unemployed. Uh, Steve Spurrier, Mike Martz. Uh, these are two names that everybody seems to be excited that the AF no longer has control of and that they uh, they could potentially coach the XFL. Oh, I mean, Steve Spurrier, I'm sure, would be down. But uh, we're hearing the AF isn't letting any of their players go to the CFL because that's like all part of their – we're going to have to touch on that well, next how, week. How do they still – I was going to say, how do they still have control? Oh, it's a, it's a crazy story that came out earlier today about – it's all part of their bankruptcy lawsuits, so – uh, well, we have to wait and see for more info, but yeah, there's it's ugly with the AAF and the player contracts. Who knows how it goes for the coaches? But I'm sure they have a little bit more leeway, Jake. Uh, the coaches you're talking about? Yeah, I, I would assume Steve yeah, Spurrier I, could go do whatever the hell he wants right now. Well, Steve Spurrier needs to get that other hip operated on. I, I think that's the first. <laughs> it thing. might be both at this point, or, or, or both. <laughs> yeah, I just. I think the whole AAF thing, I mean, what is that? That's only two weeks now, maybe three weeks at the most that it went down. Uh, you know, I, I think they probably had this head coach for, for New York uh, all but locked in prior to that. I don't know if you can you can make that higher in two and a half or three weeks. And, and that's a huge, that's a, that's a big, you know, thought. You know, it's, it is food for thought because we talked about, if you go back, I think it was like three weeks ago, we had our bye week episode, right? The XFL was taking their bye week. But really – They've kind of just taken this lull, and I think it kind of gradually. They had the the spring league. They had all that going on. They had the the XFL with many things going on at one time. Maybe they did decide to just take a break for a little bit and let's start naming these coaches after we're done with the spring league. Um, Let's keep our news going. You know, if if you name all your coaches before the spring league, and then the spring league happens, what do you do after the spring league? So maybe this is a strategic plan to to say we have three weeks before our spring league to talk about, Hey, we're, we're going to test our rules. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. The spring league happens. And now let's go back to naming coaches, naming presidents. So that way we can continuously have a good steady, even flow of news out to the media. 
Yeah, it's a public relations t- uh, strategy, it sounds like, and that's smart. Uh, the only issue I, I would raise is uh, do the four coaches who are already announced have an advantage? They don't have their teams, though, so I don't really think so. But, you know, Pep and Bob Stoops and, and Zorn and Tressman, they're, you know, they – they're more in tune with what's going on with the league because they're actually a part of it. But the next four guys, I'm sure, will get assimilated. And uh, really, it's all about you know getting your teams together. That's where the playing Start field early. really needs to be even, and it will be. Um, so, yeah, it's it's coming. Tuesday, we'll know it, and uh, we'll have uh, the content for you on, on This Is The XFL Show. We'll put some Patreon stuff up, I'm sure, uh, early in the week uh, with a special bonus coverage. Um, or who knows, maybe I'll have to do one of the inserts into this actual episode, Brian, if some sort of report comes That's out. That's why I hate it. Cause I don't, to, I don't get to talk about it. I'm jealous. Cause you, you insert yourself. You, you get to talk about it. I'll call you on the phone. I'll call, maybe. I'll call you okay. The maybe phone. then I'll be okay with it. And all honestly, do you think any of the names we talked about are actually going to be named the head coach or is it just going to be someone at random or do we not even know? I mean, we don't know, but do we really not know? I would say if Jim Hazlitt, I'd put it. 60 percent um, really? yes i think he's gonna have one of the jobs i don't know which but doesn't the, doesn't he scream more like houston yeah or, he i i think houston or oh, st. Louis, st louis yeah right. would be jim Hazlitt, but you never know um who knows maybe mike martz is now in play for well that's st. what louis. i was gonna say unless unless they 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 figured out a way to get mike martz back in st louis then you can have Hazlitt fill in another. I coach. mean, and do we think these these you know AAF coaches they're willing to take another chance at another experimental league after what just happened to them? Yeah, I'm what sure. What choices do they have? What and and what do you have to lose if you're if most of those guys are? I mean, they're long in the tooth coaches. These these are guys who even if it happened again, I mean, it's not going to. Steve Spurrier won't care. He'll say, "All right, what the hell?" Well, yeah, right. his legacy is set. Yeah, so. Um, all right, Man, give me a call. I, yeah, I can't wait. Steve, Spur- <laughs> Steve Spurrier in New York would just be, oh, mwah. That would be just absolutely Head coach of the New York Towers. <laughs> It'd be great. It'd be great. Um, you know what? How about, how about this real quick bonus portion of cover, too? Uh, I want to slip this in here because – I don't listen to the show or watch it, but this is uh, this is newsworthy because he's a big part of the network there at Fox. Colin Cowherd had Darren Rovell on, who has done a lot of great reporting on the road to 2020. And in discussing the demise of the AAF, uh, Colin Cowherd did say he still thinks that spring football can work for reasons that he can't discuss till mid-May. I mean, that is a very... Poorly, poorly uh, veiled way of saying the saying the XFL is going to be on Fox, probably right. I mean, it, that all but guarantees it, Jake. Um, you know, you can never guarantee anything in life, really, until it happens. Uh, I, yeah, I I think we all think think that the XFL belongs on Fox, and with those comments, you know. That's what it would appear. I believe his program is on FS1, which uh, you know, I, I hope the XFL is not on FS1. I, I want it on regular Fox. Well, I think it'll be on both. If yeah, anything, both. if it is on Fox, I don't think you have to worry about that, Jake. But um, look, mid-May is right in the middle of sweeps. I'm just putting that out there. That might be the reason why they're holding off this information um, to get people – 
you know, to, the most eyes on television is when you want to make those announcements, right? So mm-hmm. uh, the XFL, if it's on Fox, this is going to be great. Um, I wonder if it is tied to the WWE and their deal with 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 SmackDown. Who knows? But uh, basically, saying yes, this is going to be on Fox now, we've or seen at least, or at least his network's bidding hard on it right now, and he doesn't oh, want to say anything too. to screw it up. Yeah, but upfronts are coming mid-May. That's where all these networks will roll out their big fall plans and future plans and. Uh, I think we're getting it finally. Mid-May, it looks like, whether it's Fox or not, that's not 100% confirmed. But, uh, you know, probably the number one Fox guy or one of the top Fox sports guys, Colin Cowherd, seems to think that uh, his network might be getting the league, at least in some capacity. And uh, the thing about that channel, uh, Jake, is that unlike ESPN, who ESPN these days, they do want to, you know, roll out a bunch of studio shows and extra content, but FS1 really is desperate to, to create those kinds of shows. So I think supplemental XFL content, you know, like studio shows and a uh, weekly wrap up type shows, highlight shows, mm-hmm. debate shows about the league uh, could be incorporated on that channel, probably better than they would be on ESPN, who we've also heard is rumored to get the league, but TV deals that, that mid May, that would be one month away. Correct. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, is that, is it, is it already April, middle of April? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I really know that mid, uh, <laughs> I know that May 18th is 36 days away. That much right now. <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> so May is, is upon us very quickly. And it's going to be almost like a, yeah, it's just gonna be like a flash of light. At least that's how it feels to me. So, so you're telling me we might have the big, the, one of our biggest shows to do, talking about the XFL's TV deal at your wedding. I'd like to say congratulations to Brian and his wife, and make sure you watch the XFL. On the <laughs> yeah, give me the microphone. I'll I'll announce it to the crowd. Hopefully, the news breaks during the during the, <laughs> the, right, the right right in the middle of the toast. Excuse me, I have an announcement. Before we get to the daddy daughter dance, <laughs> I'd like to make that an announcement. I would stop mid. I do to 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 see my if that happened. I want you to wave me down, Jake, or, or you know somebody wave us down if it, if it's happening. If anyone has any reason why these two should should not be Fox, <laughs> it's Fox, dude. <laughs> Checking check Twitter there, right there, right as he's giving his vows. I love it. All right, well, man, that's crazy. You realize a year from now we will be. Come until what in the middle or the near the end of the this XFL be, season? This should be playoff week. You know, preview playoff preview would be this week, I believe. Oh no, wait, week ten would be coming up. Sorry, that is a uh, very exciting one year away. But we're still on the road to 2020, and we still have big interviews coming from our commissioner. We've got big interviews coming on this show from last week. We need to recap big stuff to do. Oh, Brainiacs, Long Allen Ice Tea, and I'm ready to talk pro graps this week. WrestleMania was amazing, and I got it done last week, Wired, with wrist control. Uh, Long Allen, it's been a great, great WrestleMania season. Probably the best three nights of wrestling ever, and we're here to cover it all for you this week. Uh, we had NXT, we had Ring of Honor, New Japan, G1 at Madison Square Garden, and yes, WrestleMania, uh, Fallout, what's going to happen next, a whole new wrestling year, and don't forget, BBR turns, what, seven years old this year? 
Uh, yes, seventh birthday for Brainbuster Radio, available on all podcast gimmicks everywhere in the known wrestling universe. You can find it, brainbusterradio.com. A man called Wired's going to be there. I'll be there. We're going to talk about everything that went on. What happened when Enzo and Kaz XL stormed the gates at MSG? What happened when Long Island drank half of a proper 12 before WrestleMania? Did he make it? Find out this week. On Brainbuster Radio, Brainiacs. And we're going to get into Oliver Luck and our conversation with Doug Whaley and Justin King, reacting to all of it right now in this week's Hot Read. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! Hey, Ric Flair! Ric Flair! Pepper, Flip, Caliber, Motown, Happy, Jolly, Drunk, Buster, Miller, Tiger! I think he's got a hound too, Rodney, I think. We need cheese! All right, this week, we've had a whole week to go over our notes that we took during our interview and collect our thoughts. Jake, you got a chance to listen to our interview. And we're going to react to Doug Whaley and Justin King for, on this very program, all the information they gave us, and talk about some of the rules that they went over. And we'll also be getting into Oliver Luck's interview on Pro Football Talk PM with Mike Florio. But first, let's get to Whaley and King. Jake, I've been waiting all week to hear your thoughts on the interview. They stressed a lot, I think, uh, overall on shortening of games. They said between two and a half hours two hours and 45 minutes that's the goal and all these rules basically were being tested out and trying to be placed into the league rule book in order to accomplish that what stood out most to you from our conversation with Whaley and King I mean in, in regards to uh, shortening the game I think the thing that stood out is that they just really did their homework and they have a lot of data you know Talking about the ball spotter saving, you know, five, what was it, five to eight seconds per play <laughs> and what that what that adds up to uh, in the long run. So they really did their homework on that. Uh, the running game clock, I know you guys asked them, you know, if it would stop in the last two minutes just in the second and fourth quarter. And they, they said that would stop in all four quarters. I find that found that a little odd. I mean, if you're going to do that, why not just have two halves? You know, is the end of the first and the third quarter really that important where you need to uh, stop the two minutes? But that that's something they said that uh, that they were going to go and work with. And yet, two and a half to three hours seems like you know just about the right length. Yeah, but but also I'd say the top goal. I think that's. More than anything, I mean, we asked them about things like pass interference, Brian, and and where guys would line up and three-point stance rumors. But really, the thing they stressed the most was the length of these football games. Yeah, they said 230 to 245 was their goal. Uh, Under three hours, if you include overtime, that's that's a smart goal. I mean, you, you know, people, what do you say, long... Long are the days for uh, when you when you mute your television, you listen to a football game on the radio, right? Though that doesn't happen anymore. People want fast-paced, quick football, uh, something to keep their attention, and, and and that's what they're trying to give them. Two and a half to, to two forty-five sounds like a perfect time. If you include a fifteen-minute halftime, that's what about an hour, hour and ten minutes or so per per half. 
So that, that's a pretty quick half. If you really think about it, that's not much longer than, you know, a, a standard, you know, Grey's Anatomy or something like that. So so people will stick around the watch. Jake, I think the important thing to notice about the two minutes at the end of each quarter rather than the half is that you still want to give these guys time to play. So maybe it's not significant enough to where, yeah, you're not going to lose the ball. So why are you slowing down the game? But at the same time, um, you want to make sure they have enough time to play without adding you know, you don't want to make this a 17-minute half with a running clock or a 17-minute quarters with a running clock. You're just giving them a little bit extra time to actually play some football. Yeah, and perhaps you don't want to have the final score be 6-3. You know, <laughs> also, you want to promote scoring and given given a little more time. Yeah, that, I, I think that's, that's better than just uh, second and fourth quarter. Uh, you don't want this thing to get off the rails. But the interesting thing, I think, also, the four to- total timeouts, because – that is really uh, a coach a coaching skill, being able to utilize timeouts properly. And now coaches get just four for the entire game. How's that going to change things? Will that like where did, where are they going to use them? How will that look different from college or, or the NFL, Brian? I, I I'm super interested in, to see the strategy behind it. But four total timeouts definitely is going to keep the game moving quicker you're taking two total away alan i think what is the um the the saying that's always been you know native to football is in the first half use your timeouts whenever you want in the second half you keep those in your pocket until the very end this basically eliminates uh useless stoppages in the first half that's what this does right because you want to keep your timeouts for the second half you never know what's going to happen um so you're giving them one extra one just in case, but you're, you're not going to have a, a, a timeout in the first quarter because of a five-yard delay of game penalty. You're just not. It's going to it's gonna be a five-yard penalty. It's going to move the, the game quicker. Um, I love it. I proposed it a while back, and I think it's it's smart by the league to help. Um, you know, you could actually have four timeouts in the second half now, which is great, but you have no stoppages in the first half. Uh, this is huge. It's it's going to be really cool to see these coaches and how they because you, you always hear fans our coach bungled this timeouts uh, when I only got four of them so good luck utilizing them uh, the 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 big thing though the the ball spotter I think that he had you're right Jake Doug Whaley had exact <laughs> measurements yeah, of time did. it's not like the, the XFL is going like yeah you know uh, it's logic if we got but a guy yeah, there it'll, it'll, it'll cut probably time. save yeah. some time no no they're like nope <laughs> it's gonna catch five seconds gonna be cut off here you add all that up yada yada boom we're cutting this much time off Doug Whaley and the XFL are totally prepared the ball spotter is a great idea they've convinced me I'm excited for the game to move smoothly all the way to hopefully a shootout over time because woo to me that nothing was cooler than any uh, than that talking to Doug Whaley and Justin King last week I know Bryant you brought up on a past show I may might have shot down the shootout but it wasn't explained to me <laughs> properly, and and we didn't have forty four players on the field at once. <laughs> uh, we did propose that both teams would start at the forty yard line, and whoever got to the end zone first would be the winner. Uh, that was one of the things we did propose for forty four. Did we propose that or they're playing? At the, yeah. Uh, okay. Did we <laughs> do a whole show on? We did a whole show about the overtime. Yeah, we did. Oh my god! What would you guys do without me? Yes, we did a whole show on the overtime. If you go back into the archives, it's actually posted on our Patreon for free. If you want to go and check out what we talked about. Uh, it was the same week that the AAF announced their combines where they were charging players $240 to go try out with them. Uh, it was actually a great episode if you go back and listen to it. But yes, Alan, you said no shootouts. You didn't want it to be like college, but this is very different. Very different. And I'm, I'm not explaining. Oh, this is not like college at all. No, 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 no. This is not like college at all. 
I will explain it just here based on a, a post that they had when they were showing the rules on the scoreboard there at the at the Spring League. Uh, both teams' offense and defense on the field, O1 versus D2, O2 versus D1. Um, and then live action alternating at both sides, or both ends, excuse me. Uh, scrimmage only from the five-yard line, and then the best of five rounds. And if tied after the <laughs> – the best part is they go, if tied after five, move to sudden death. And sudden death was in all caps, which is great. Uh, I think these rules are, are pretty exciting. I do have some questions about it, but I'll let you guys first react to to just the idea and the concept. It's super fun, and and it's exactly as they painted it. It's like the NHL or like PKs in soccer. You've got the glory of that moment where the game is is won on a score, the uh, the way it should be, and it's going to be fun to watch. And the fact that it, it it can go you know back and forth. It gives both teams a chance, so it's fair. I just love every. I love. I love it all. But I did not expect. I expected them maybe to switch. You know, okay, we're on the same side of the field. We're going to switch places now. No, everyone on the field at once. We're getting this game over with. Okay, you try to score. Now you try to score. It, it, that is a. That's just the cherry on top to me. Well, yeah, you want to. You know, you want to keep it snappy. Like we said, I really like the NHL analogy, Alan, that you pulled out last week. Uh, but just remember, we may never see this. You know, there could never be an overtime in the, in the first season. <laughs> Jake the pessimist. This is Jeez. not a Jake I know in real life. I know. I'm not. I'm not saying I don't want to see it. I'm just saying. Remember, you're we saying may, we're not we going to see it. We may not. Like that, we're not going to see it. Oh come on. We might not. We might not see. Uh, you know. The, the timeouts being needed ever, so let's just. Uh, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure I, uh, one coach is going to use I, a timeout. You know what? Maybe I think Jake's just talking as an LA XFL fan, Bryant, because we all know LA is never going to OT. They'll just wrap it up in four quarters, right, Jake? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's probably what it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right, still, well, still haven't picked my team yet. You'll be an LA fan. I know you. I know you. Uh, I know, so the OT was just a lot of reaction, though. Have Brian, do you have any of the tweets from fans yeah. or any of the reaction we got from the listeners about that? Because that obviously was the thing that stood out the most to people. Yeah, so there, there was a couple of ones out there, uh, you know, some negative, some positive. We had Russell, who's always, you know, active with us on um, on Twitter, at Move. Awesome. Sounds great. So people are excited about it. There are some questions out there. Uh, same people saying, you know, there was this <laughs> Ichibakata uh, at Saibaru with three U's. Uh, is it like hockey? Oh dear. Uh, seemed he seemed a little bit worried. Except uh, someone replied to him, Sam the Ram at uh, twenty eight. Uh, except it's eleven versus eleven in hockey. It's one on one. This is still a team game. Yeah. Uh, which is a very important part of this whole thing. We didn't think about is that fact that it is a, a team um, ending to a game, right? It is and, not and it's a, not. Um, and it's not giving. completely unlike what the actual sport that was being played before the overtime, where in hockey and in soccer. It's basically a new game. It's not the same game you're playing now. You're not playing the the full team sport anymore in those sports. This is the same deal here, and that is one key thing. Very good tweet there. Yeah, and I think we want to get some clarity out there, right? People, this is alternating. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's not going to be a picture in picture on on your screen where you got two right. teams it's, trying it's, to support yeah. the same team. It, you're yeah, it's just going to be like like a shootout or or a, you yeah. know. 
Exactly. So, so you know, you'll have one team try to score you, and then if they don't score, if they do score, then the other team goes and back and forth, five rounds. It might only go three rounds if no one can score after a certain amount of time. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be awesome. But I'm going to pull a Jaker here, mm. and I'm going to be the pessimist a little bit in this, if I can, if I Come may. Come on. Um, <laughs> look, look, look. There's only one set of referees. There's only one. What do you do with all the referees? How do you spread them out? Over 120 yards of a football field. All you do is put it, get a golf cart for him. <laughs> drive them down to the other side and drive them back. Or get one of those games. You know what? I, you know, now that I think that about it, I really want no, no, I, I, no golf cart. I want the referees running across the fields, and I want them to have those those sensors that we have. You know, the the the, the <laughs> fatigue fatigue sensors, so I can see. There, there's you want to see if the refs are load up or not. Look, there, there's that part of this whole process. Yeah, that's there's also the. Review logistics. process. Yeah. Yeah. There's the review process, right? Because there's going to be plays that are reviewed, especially when you're only five yards out. A run will come down to the line of scrimmage of whether or not he got in or not. Are reviews excluded? Are reviews included? Uh, what What's going to happen? Penalties. You know, if a penalty happens, it's going to slow your your your, your step down unless, um, unless if you have a defensive penalty, it works. You know, it's good. If you have an offensive penalty, it's, it's no good. Like, do you do it like that? Uh, so penalties can decide this. The other thing too that I, I would bring up is um, what is it? Is um, yes, exactly what I was thinking. You bring up is oh yeah, they, they brought up defensive interceptions, turnovers, right? If if a if a defensive team has an interception, you score a point as your defense for your team. But does that mean you don't require the offense to make their entire tries in case the defense actually gets a turnover, right? I mean, it's a very interesting, very weird concept. Um, I think there's some explaining to do, but I'm still excited for it. Yeah, they, that came out after the interview, didn't it? The defensive interception gets a point, or was that in the interview? Did I miss that? That was after the interview. No, yeah, no, that was, was after the interview. Yeah, so if, if, the defense, if the defense gets an interception in these overtimes, they give them a point. They don't have to return it all the way back. They get a point. Which is also interesting, which means it's a, you know, a, a score right there, and you get the five tries. This is going to be cool. This is going to be really fun, and uh, yeah, a lot of reactions to that. Um, the other stuff we talked about: extra points. We got the two yard line, the five yard line, the ten yard line for our three tiered extra points that Oliver Luck had already been talking about. Nine point touchdowns, very much a possibility in the XFL. Jake, do you still find it gimmicky? I really do. You know, I, I listened oh. to the interview. I, I know it was, you know, it was thought out. It was well thought out on, on their part. I just, I just don't like this. But Jake, 18 points is a I three, know it's, it's, it's three only... score game in a, in a regular NFL game. Three scores. Now it's only a two score game, possibly. Um, Alan, I will fast forward a little bit to Lux interview with, um, with pro football talk about how he said that there was going to be a, uh, 15, three point play from the 15 yard line, but then he did his homework, asked the coaches, and the coaches said they would just do like a, a I forget what they called it, but a, basically like a prevent defense, a wall at the, the goal line to not let anybody in. Um, so they are thinking about it, Jake. It's not something they're just saying, hey, let's do one, two, or three. It's to help keep engagement in this game. Uh, you're going to have to do something to keep people watching. And if, if all of a sudden someone goes up by, by 16 points, 17 points, you know what? Now it's a. a it's still a two-possession game, and, and I think that's something you have to look at. It why it's not so gimmicky. It's it's allowing people to watch these games longer and for more 
of a reason other than hey fantasy players or anything like that would they Ultimately, consider would they consider making a five point extra point if you could kick a 60 yard field goal is that out of the realm of why that's the same thing they're doing here no, Jake, that doesn't sound any crazy that involves kicking Look, there's no kicking in these in these extra points they're keeping the foot in football they are with the kickoffs and we got the details on the five yard halo rule on punts kickoffs are going to be different we're going to have kickoffs we're going to have kick returns we did not get onside kick information though brian and that's probably on us and i'm sure more details will come out on that i fully expect the xfl to have an onside kick don't you Oh, especially if they're worried about keeping teams in games late, uh, even though they're down points. Definitely some sort of onside kick or or conversion or or or, or I don't know. Maybe you take the ball from the one yard line and you got to go ninety nine yards. That's your onside attempt. I don't know. Uh, regardless of the of the fact, this is this is this is a good idea. The the the, the tiered extra points is a good idea. It's how to keep people engaged, um, and I'm sure the onside kick too will be a way to make sure people stay engaged longer uh, to these games. And we'll uh, we'll see what the XFL decides on because they they tested it all in the spring league. Spring league is over with now, and they'll take all the data, all the film, review it, and a rule book is apparently coming by June, according to Justin King. So, Jake, I know you got the iced tea ready, the rocking chair on the porch. You got your summer reading. Get the tell, call the book club. The XFL rule book should be coming out just in time for the summer. Yeah, I hope it's I hope it's available in hard copy and not just PDF. <laughs> uh, I'd really like to get my hands on this thing. And I, you know, something else that was also mentioned in, in the interview, uh, Brian. I'm sure you picked up on this. Maybe it was a. I, I don't think it was a, a subtle jab at the AAF, but you know, they they're talking about how we don't want to have to describe every new rule on the on the television broadcast. You know. Uh, although I, I think you do, you know, you do need to talk about it a little bit because you're going to be getting new eyes on the product every week. But, uh, you know, that is something to mention that we did here last week. Well, we talked about it here. It's, it's, it's you don't it gets so annoying when the when the broadcasters have to say uh, and there's no two point. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or there's, there's no, no extra points. Yeah, because when, when they're That's, saying that, all you're hearing is now, remember, this isn't the NFL. You're not watching <laughs> the NFL. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so you got to think of creative ways to do it. Like I said, pop up, you know, pop up video. That's probably your best bet is to just have some little thing that says no extra points, must go for two, things like that 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 help people, you know, to, to make sure eyes are on the television um, when when scoring is happening. Uh, but Jake, don't worry, uh, there was no, there was no punches held back by these two. Uh, Alan, what did they call the uh, the combine a few times in that interview, which was the best thing ever? The Underwear uh, Olympics. Underwear Olympics. <laughs> yes. Uh, that you know they're they're serious about how they want to approach this. I feel like more than anything, after that interview, I feel like these are a bunch of of football loving people who have plenty of ideas, but we're always. Um, overshadowed by the NFL. These 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 innovations, these plans, these things to make the game better couldn't come to fruition because you had 32 owners, a commissioner, uh, an NFLPA to stop all this, to not even um, to get the gears moving. And now, you know, Vince McMahon and Oliver Luck are pretty much on the same page to say, let's make this as best as possible with with whatever we have to do. Give me your ideas. And that goes back to the reimagination committee back in 2018. But I, I really feel like that's what's going on right now in the XFL. Oh yeah, they're they're living the dream. Uh, like we told uh, Doug and Justin last week, they 
get to do something you really, if you get into it as a career into football, you probably never fathom that you would be a part of building an entire league. These are guys who are coaches and general managers, and here they are uh, coming up and, and getting to try all this stuff. It's fascinating. It's fun, and uh, it's it's gaining steam. A lot of people talking about these rules this week. And summer showcases, Doug Whaley told us, are next on their agenda. Players, uh, not underwear Olympics, actual uh, football uh, football camps. And they're going to uh, start, you know, getting players together and putting players on teams. Uh, Doug and Sam Schwartzstein and Justin King, the football operations department of the XFL. We appreciate them joining the show last week, giving us a lot to talk about this week. So did the commissioner, Oliver Luck who was on Pro Football Talk PM with Mike Florio in a much-talked-about interview, uh, the most candid interview Oliver Luck's given since the collapse of the AAF, which uh, he said was a level 7 surprise for him. Um, I'd probably put Bryant's at a level 1 then. If, if, <laughs> if we're doing it on that scale, I'm, I'm a little bit below Oliver. I'd say I'm at a 6. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm right in that ballpark. Yeah. Also, I, I think seven is reasonable. And he, he kind of, he, he showed some kind of remorse or not remorse. Just, you know, he felt bad for that the league went under. He thought, you know, if that that league could have actually succeeded alongside the XFL, it sounds like, according to Oliver Luck. Uh, I think it could have existed, whether it was successful or not. Maybe it had to have become a. Maybe that's what um, you know, Tom Dundon. Um, thought is that hey we're not going to be able to compete with the XFL we need to become a minor league for the NFL for us to be any type of success and maybe that's what happened I, I don't know uh, my level of surprise was actually pretty up there it was like a five or a six I think um, based on operations wise I thought it would be probably it, my, my level of surprise was a one but based on the gameplay I thought this was very exciting it was fun to watch I liked watching a lot of the games Alan we would talk about them every single weekend um, but yeah to, to have all of the luck say that he was that surprised uh, it was actually quite shocking. More shocking than him saying Charlie Ebersol approached him a couple years ago, but he said no thank you because he didn't believe that they'd be able to sc- scrape up all that cash. Oliver Luck saw this happening, it sounds like, and he told Mike Florio as much. Uh, no, He also said that he had no knowledge of a previous merger attempt uh, with the AAF trying to get the XFL on board now. That might have happened between Vince McMahon and Charlie Ebersol or maybe Charlie Ebersol's dad, but there's no official account of, of that, is there, Bryant? There isn't. I mean, there was a rumor out there that they, uh, the AAF reached out to the XFL, uh, who those reaching out to's and from's were from exactly, we don't know, but that they wanted to merge, uh, talking about it. And, and Oliver like basically said, you know, the Ebersol's and the McMahon's are, go way back. Maybe there was a conversation there, but he said as far as, as, far as the XFL operations um, go, there was no conversations and, and, and no, uh, no nothing leaked um, in terms of that. So maybe it was just something brought up, but, but the fact that Charlie Ebersol went to Oliver Luck, uh, Oliver Luck knows his S, I'll tell you that much right now, and he's not going to say, you know, if he doesn't think something, if he thinks something needs money and they don't have it, then then he's going to stay away. And it seemed like that's what the AAF, uh, AAF's problem was and what the XFL's problem isn't. Oh, his S is stuff, and he he does know it. And he's got it all together, too, Oliver Luck. And he he, he answered every question in this interview. They, 
Florio asked them about changes to markets, maybe seeing what the AF did in places like San Antonio. He said no, but Texas looks promising, doesn't it? They're in Houston and in Dallas, and uh, it was how San Antonio got behind the AAF team. I, I think we're going to see some great support for those two teams in the XFL. Oliver Luck said the audio element of the AAF stood out as it did to all of us because we got to hear some funny things during games, maybe things we probably shouldn't hear, but uh, that did give us a new level of access to the AAF that Oliver Luck acknowledged. And uh, most notably, Jake, Saturdays and Sundays will be game days in the XFL, but also now some Thursdays at the end of the season. What do you think about that? Uh, I think if you're going to do, if you were going to do three weeks or three, three days of football, every week for this one league uh, that's a move you don't want to make but uh, yeah saturdays and sundays during regular season and then if they have a flex game or if they want to do a playoff game on a thursday i think that's perfectly fine i i do like splitting it out over both weekend days instead of cramming it in on one day though for this league it's interesting i i did take note about this because by he did say that the college football is on Saturdays and, and pro football is on Sundays. That's what football fans are accustomed to, to having both of those days. But are football fans accustomed to Saturdays and Sundays that far out into the year? I mean, the NFL really, you know, launches, you know, their Saturday games basically one every Saturday after the college football season starts. What's I the, think they uh, just do wild, wild card, don't they? Well, no, they? They have like one game here and there, Alan, correct me if I'm wrong, but like weeks 15, 16, and 17 or something, yeah. they usually have like game on saturday uh to fill in that void you'll see a couple but i feel like by then fans are not used to sitting down on a saturday watching football and especially the, the diehard college football fans so so you would, would do all sunday then no i would experiment in this in this instance i would do one saturday night game and then i would do three sunday games have one in the morning have one in the afternoon have one in prime time and, and, and that, that's what football fans are more accustomed to, spending their entire Sunday watching football and maybe a game here and there on Saturday. Yeah, maybe, that's what, maybe that's what they're doing. I hope well, because you're asking fans to, to do a lot, immersing themselves for, you know, if, you're, if there are two games on each day, it's pretty much the whole day if you really wanted to watch both those games. And I tried doing that with the AAF, and it's just, I mean, that is – Taking up a lot of my time, and you know, as a football freak, I'm probably going to give it to you. But that's asking a lot of uh, of fans. But it, it makes sense to spread the product out. I understand that. I love that idea, Brian. One on Saturday night prime time, and then uh, Sunday the rest of them. But uh, it sounds like we're probably going to get two and two from the XFL. Uh, also, got more uh, more kind of details on facilities here. Uh, we're going to see municipal stadiums, college stadiums, JUCO stadiums, and even the Rams' old practice facility used as team facilities, according to Oliver Luck in this interview, Bryant. Uh, I, I think I asked him that question a while back, and they did not know that yet. So this is some new information. Yeah, it was a great question, too, because it's part of the it's part of the the football that no one really thinks about, right, is the practice facilities, what happens on non-Saturdays and Sundays. Um and Especially when you got to go to a high school in another state, you know, that's an issue. <laughs> yes, that becomes an issue uh, in the state of Florida. Uh, I think, t- is Tampa more north or south than Orlando? I don't, I think it's more north than, than, than Orlando. I think it's a, yeah, I'm going to say a little bit south, but they're like, you know, almost directly across from each other from what I, oh, okay. geographically. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, regardless, uh, to have some facilities, and you know what the, the the best part of this, Alan, is he said that they're going to be inserting capital into some of these practice facilities, which is huge because why would you insert some capital into something that you don't know is going to be around for at least one, uh, two seasons, right? You, if you're gonna, if you're not gonna um, upgrade your practice facilities to make these um, these facilities actually help your team rather than hurt them, then then why bother to insert that capital at all? So that's that's actually going to be pretty big, and. Um, the XFL seems to to have a plan in place for, for these players to move in, enjoy their seasons, and not have to Airbnb it uh, every time they go to a game. Investing in their people. Like I said, you got to do that. You got to. Happy personnel makes for a good quality football league. And we know that's the most important thing. It's the thing. quality of the play. And, and uh, another one that was highly reported on John Manziel. Uh, according to Oliver Luck, he said, quote, if he's able to meet our standard and if our coaches think he could play, he'd be welcome in the XFL. Um, a lot of people talking about how maybe the XFL won't be so strict on past histories of players, Jake, which I think we've been saying all along. People totally overreacted to that. The first press conference Vince McMahon had when he announced the league. Yeah, I think the bottom line is if he can put butts in seats, he's going to be on one of those clubs. And not be a complete, you know, terrible scumbag and someone who's maybe shown a little yeah. bit, you know, the, uh, of progress and reformed himself, which, uh, hey, hey, he's John Manziel now. He's grown up. He's gotten two jobs now and lost them both. I wouldn't say really either were his fault, although he didn't play that great. But uh, John Manziel uh, and players like him it's going to be interesting to watch and see what kinds of players with those kind of histories the xfl allows and doesn't allow in their league jake that was an interesting sigh you did there are you saying that that whether or not he can put butts in the seats it should be more important than his past or even present for that matter i i'm just saying that the xfl you know they can't be too high and mighty here because there's a lot of bad human beings in the nfl <laughs> there that, are that people that people will pay to see Let, or, or or buy their jerseys so it's a spectrum you can't, it's yeah a spectrum. this isn't this isn't church yeah. you know or anything this, this is football it's and a they, spectrum there is there is a bottom line you, you want to be they're not passing around a collection basket. <laughs> you want to be in the right, the right area of the spectrum, Jake. Okay, so on on one end of the bad guys of the bad boys, you've got a John Manziel, and then on the other, you have Greg Hardy, who the UFC is putting in main event fights now that he's left football and become a fighter because the NFL didn't want him anymore, and that just looks terrible. So you don't want to be that. John Manziel, I think, is on the other end of that, and that might be okay. We'll see what the XFL does, but uh, that was also news and noteworthy from Oliver Luck's conversation with Mike Florio. And the last thing here, Bryant. I will say, real quick, I'm sorry, real quick. I do think we need some clarity on what this no criminal history rule is. Uh, Vince McMahon made that very prominent. I don't blame people for overreacting to it when it did get announced back in, in, in 2018. So I think at some point... Before players start getting signed, we need some clarity on exactly what he means or if they're going to ignore it all together. It's fine. We get it. But I, I think we need some clarity on that. I would think, yeah, giving clarity on that will just get people to stop talking about uh, things like that and focus on other things you, you as a league probably exactly. want them to be reporting on. I think uh, the XFL would probably rather have people reporting on their time at the Spring League and their new creative ideas for the football rather than if they're going to employ guys like John Manziel. So uh, you're right, Bryant. They probably might help benefit them to 
clarify that a little bit more. Uh, Oliver Luck could not clarify what he <laughs> thinks of a potential lockout or strike. He said it wouldn't be appropriate when asked about a, that happening maybe in the NFL in 2021. And uh, I don't think I could comment on that either, Brian, because wh- who knows what's going to happen there. Well, we have kind of commented on in the past if you go into our archives. Uh, but yes, it's, 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 you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, you have to make sure your players are signed. That's all you really got to worry about because if the ex, if the NFL goes into a strike mode and then, then the owners might actually want players, might take some of yours. Do you really waste your, it's such a messy situation. Oliver looks smart just to stay away. It is, it is. And, and man, lockouts and the, 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 the incredible amount of fantasy scenarios I could picture thinking about 2021 and that whole situation that this this show would go another three hours but we're, we're up against it now um jake i'm not gonna ask you about the lockout i'm just gonna ask you about your overall thoughts on this week that was crazy jam-packed with news and things to talk about for the league yeah it was a very good week it was very informative it's giving us an idea of what they expect this league to be it is is it would you say the the most crucial stop on the road to 2020 was this like hitting up uh, it, that, it that, wasn't, the, ste- the steakhouse in Amarillo for that like 64-ounce steak uh, it on, wasn't on a cross-country as, road trip? It was not as good as getting all the all the team locations, you know. Yeah, that was a big deal. Ooh. Yeah, you're right. you, you can't talk that, that in, until we get team colors and, and logos. <laughs> that's, that's what the fans <laughs> the love for sure. Team. <laughs> I will say, yeah, oh, people man. do see these announcements, Brian, and they'll say, they're announcing that, but they won't tell us the team names or colors. <laughs> of course not. They're put, it's called anticipation, right? Yes. Yeah, so a wise man told me, if you have a lot of information, don't reveal it all at one time. You want to let it out slowly to keep people's anticipation up and, and to keep them talking about you. Who that white man once was. You're, you're welcome. Slow burn. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, don't forget. I think we skipped over real quick, but those summer showcases, I'm excited for. They mentioned it on our um, our interview. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? But each city is going to have their own summer showcase. Which one are you guys going to? Because I'm probably going to go to like six of them. Yeah, you can. I'm, I'm, my, I'm, I could probably make it to New York. I know you could make it to LA. We might we might map, map out some trips. We'll see uh, if we're even allowed access. Those are, those, are, those are like combines. Those aren't underwear Olympics now. Might not be open to the public, Brian. Uh, before we get out of here, Brian, uh, just real quick, let everybody what we got, know what we got going on on the Patreon. If there are a patron, uh, we're sorry, but uh, we need to inform you of what you're, you're, giving, you're giving us money for. You got to know about it. Yeah, and it, it's been an exciting uh, month of April already. We, we we started, you know, I called you earlier today, or earlier today being Friday, and we had a conversation just out of the blue. I think you were listening to, to some music there while I called you. I don't know what, you were watching the pens or something. But yes, conversations about the XFL, uh, just randomly, things that come to my mind, come to your mind, Alan. I think we even talked about what the best beard in the NFL was as well earlier this week. Uh, don't yes. forget about this is not the XFL show where we're going in. We have uh, Jake's uh, coming out with an article this week. He's he's keeping it under wraps exactly what's what's happening, but that's going to be there. That is going to be free. Also, Vince's uh, mock draft that's happening for the NFL. We're in draft season as well. Is it? Uh, is it what? Is, <laughs> is it, it happening? Is it, is it <laughs> well, happening? The most anticipated mock draft in the history of mock drafts. <laughs> I think um, this might be from last year's, actually. I don't know. But it's going to happen. I just don't know what year it actually is going to be from. 
Uh, also, don't forget about our bonus episode coming up this month. Uh, uh, check out the poll for that. Um, and, and then just anything we want, anything that you want, let us know. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash this is the XFL show. Let us know on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, at XFL show. Whatever you want to see, let us know because we can actually part, pretty much provide it on Patreon. Um, and, and, and Jake, are you going to give me anything about what you're going to be writing about this week at all? Or am I just going to have to vote? You know, I'm, I'm thinking maybe I'm going to be brainstorming on what would constitute a 10 point play. <laughs> like maybe you got to start outside in the parking lot or, or something. I, I don't know. A lot of possibilities there. Uh, well, our, our hearts are full of hype for the XFL, and we are full of football talk on the Patreon, and now we're getting candid. I mean, we're literally random phone calls, and we're recording them and putting them up, reacting to news as it comes out. So instant conversations, instant content there. Uh, so we we urge you to get the full show experience there on our Patreon. If not, we appreciate you just subscribing to the show, and really even more so telling your friends who love football that the XFL is coming, and that there is a show dedicated, like no other, to covering the road to 2020 and beyond. Uh, we appreciate all of you. So thank you. We'll see you next week. For Bryant, for Jake, I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.